0: Hi, my name is Susan, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. Um, Thank you to the New Jersey Intergroup for asking me to speak today. And it's always wonderful to be with my friends, Janet and Melissa. So just a little recap of what we've heard today, which again is evidence to me that this works, it really does. Um, Melissa started out today talking about Appendix 2. Um, I used to work in a law firm, so I'm always familiar with looking at the bottom of the page, the asterisk, the footnote. They're very, very important when you're going through documents, just as important in the big book. Okay, so then Melissa shared with us the story of Roland Hazard, who was a wealthy businessman in the 1930s, wealthy enough that he could go and spend, I think, almost a year with Dr. Carl Jung, a world renowned doctor. He left his house, he got drunk on the way way home what we know today is he failed to enlarge his spiritual life and he didn't have a vital spiritual experience which is necessary um and melissa talked about how our hearts are rewired we've also heard how we get to create our own conception of god so it's interesting i was googling around as we do except don't use dr google he gives you a lot of bad information so i'm just going to share my screen of a flyer that I found from AA. And how interesting is this? And this is why we come to meetings to identify. This is why we come to meetings to hear about the disturbing behaviors we did with food and we lean in, right? So these are all alcoholics, but look at this. My name is Gloria, I'm an alcoholic, I'm African-American. My name is Lewis, I'm an alcoholic and I'm 79. My name is Patrick, I'm an alcoholic and I'm gay. Look at this. My name is Ed and I'm an alcoholic and I'm an atheist. My name is Paul. I'm an alcoholic. I'm Native American. My name is Diane. I'm an alcoholic and I'm 15 years old. My name is Michael and I'm an alcoholic and I'm a clergyman. My name is Mary. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a lesbian. My name is George. I'm an alcoholic and I'm Jewish. Just come to LA and you'll see this. My name is famous and I'm an alcoholic and I'm a movie star. <laughs> My name is Phil and I'm an alcoholic. I'm a low bottom, right? It talks about that in the big book. What about the real alcoholic? What about the real food addict? My name is Jim. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a high bottom. Could we compare that to, you know, Fred who didn't start drinking, right? Until he was later on in more about alcoholism. My name is Jan. I'm an alcoholic an agnostic now we are all different together how incredible is that and you know i was looking cuz janet always jokes about where i live and where she lives and i was looking today and it's a 40 hour drive if i were to get in my car to go to new jersey if i walked it would take me 903 hours i once did the 3 day breast cancer walk was 26 miles. I am no forest Gump, and unfortunately for this girl, there would be no box of chocolates at the end of it. And if I were to get on my bicycle, which I have one here, but it's stationary, it would take me 243 hours, okay? But all of those things I need to do take action, right? They take action, and I would have to trust in the weather, in the Google Maps, all of those things, and here I trust in God. And all of the stories here, these personal stories come from so many different people. And I've Googled around a lot, and also some of the things you know that Janet talked about. Again, I've got no mental defense. I have a chronic illness that centers in my mind. And all of the stories in the back of the book, which there are so many, and it was hard to find a few to talk about, They all talk about how they felt different from day one. Something in me felt different of four years old to sneak food and lie about it. Most four-year-olds, I don't know, I can't say most. I don't believe, but again, I have no evidence on this, aren't telling those kind of stories unless perhaps they're a girl like me. And if I don't know you, it's so nice to meet you. If you are struggling today, how brave of you to be here. I came into these rooms in the eighties. I dieted my way up and down many, many times to 250 pounds. Diets work, but if you are a real alcoholic with food, if you identify with those stories in the back of the big book, I'm not sure that a commercial diet will help you stay stopped. Because like I said earlier, I need to have a vital spiritual experience. I need to be spiritually awakened each and every day which is why I go up and down these steps and this basic text, these principles by which I live my life never ever get old. They don't get old. Um, So instead of using Mr. Google today, I made a call to a friend of ours who I knew would have the answers to all of these things. And I said, you know, how did these stories come about? And I knew that he would know. And apparently there's a lot of people, someone's unmuted, there's a lot of people who didn't want any stories in the big book because they weren't quite sure if this was going to be you know, a little bit more attractive, a little bit more money-making, and they asked everybody in Akron to submit their stories and a lot of them didn't. Um, but they wanted to illustrate the cross-section of people who came, just like that chart that I just showed you, and their beliefs. So again, because I have pale skin and brown eyes, that, that's not the reason why I'm a food addict. That isn't why I'm here. My religion is not the reason why I'm here. The reason I am here is I cannot start, once I stop, the same as these people in these stories who we're going to talk about. Um, and also what I found very interesting, first of all, the first edition of the big book, by the way, cost $3.50, $3.50, and there were 4,730 copies printed. This is all part of um, Dr. Google. And a gentleman who was a professor, actually, by the name of Tom Uzel, edited the big book and he got it down to 400 pages. Originally, Bill's story was going to be in the back of the book, but this gentleman who was a professor thought it was a really, really good way to start out, right, to grab you, to have you lean in, to have you lean in and to hear what happened to him. and over the years, you know, the additions have changed with the stories. So there were 29 stories included in the first edition, which reflected the membership of around 100, the US membership, and then 37 stories in the second edition to reflect the 1955 worldwide membership of around 136,000. Um, as we're anonymous, you know, we know. So, you know, what I've learned today that as soon as I was ready, God, God was there, right? And this is something that Harlem does always say, God will always run to you. And again, I have evidence of that in my life each and every day. And I know that God was always with me, right? That search and rescue was always circling, always circling. I just wasn't ready. So one of the first stories that I'm going to look at today and this these are all I picked everything from the fourth edition because I'm guessing that everybody's working out of that these days the first if you are newer the first 164 pages don't change the stories in the big book have changed to become more inclusive right so, as they say in the front of the book, women, you know, there's, our membership is made off of so many women. However, I did invite my boy band to be here today. Men do suffer as well. Um, so, building a new life. This story is written by when people pass away, they identify who wrote the stories. You can find that on Google. And this story is written by Jim B and he was one of the AA founding members, so the way I read that he was probably one of the first 100 and. You know there's always a little caption in the beginning to tell you a little bit about the story and it says hallucinating and restrained by sheriff's deputies and hospital staff this once happy family man received an unexpected gift from God a firm foundation. right, step one is all about building my foundation to my house. If I have a crack and there's an earthquake, which happens here in California, I'm in trouble if I ignore that crack, right? The ominous warnings. The contractor comes, Susan, there's a crack. Okay, okay, I'm not gonna eat that much next time. It's just gonna be okay. I went to OA in 1982. Why Why does this keep coming? Why does this keep coming up? I don't want to do this but a firm foundation in sobriety that would hold up through good times and bad. So one time it tells me once again, that it isn't about my circumstances. I had a jiggy week at work this week. A lot of you have had to hear about it. However, nothing changed. I woke up a little earlier because I couldn't sleep. So yeah, I was on at 4 a.m. on the early morning vision for you call yesterday, right? I had somewhere to go outside of my head. I went to my heart, right? That's that's again, that rewiring, that rewiring. So what this man talks about as he works out in the fields, obviously it's a long time ago, but don't shut your mind to the way they write this. So what, so what, right? He gives us information about his family. Um, he you know, his siblings. And he says, life was hard work in those days. You know, they're not ordering food on Postmates. A lot of people were going out to the field and toiling the soul, right? I have a very entitled, wonderful life today. I mean, look, at eight years old, this gentleman was guiding a horse-drawn plow by himself, right? Spoke only Spanish in his farming community. And then all of a sudden, right, and we hear in all of the stories the progression, the progression. And at 15, he's sneaking out nightly, this is on page 477, to drink beer in the fields with the other pickers, right? We want to belong. We want to belong. We're feeling a little bit different. He does say at 13, he had his first drink, by the way. Almost choked, almost choked on his first sip of whiskey, but by the second sip, I thought it was pretty good stuff. Right? There's the allergy. The phenomenon of craving starts after I have that first bite. So even though, and I'm not a whiskey drinker, I'm total lightweight anywhere on anything, I can imagine it must really burn and not feel so great. But, you know, like Melissa talked about how the inside of her mouth was, right? After her last binge, I used to freeze grapes. It was a commercial diet trick. Right, so if you weren't eating ice cream, you could have a frozen grape. Well, if you're a girl like me, you shove them in your mouth, that they get stuck on the inside of your mouth. And when you peel them off, you have freezer burn and they peel away the inside of your mouth a little bit and they bleed. Anybody who's normal with food would be going, oh my God, who knew that? Don't ever do that again. I didn't stop doing that. I kept on going, right? The sensation is elusive, right? So he's hanging around now with people who drink like him. We find people who co-sign. I can tell you with eating, I did not find friends to eat with. I didn't. With drinking, perhaps it's different. I don't know people who are anorexic or bulimic. I don't know if there's a club in that. I don't know many hundred pounder girls who got together and got out, whatever it was, and said, let's go. Um, So again, this man is drinking he's got a lot of warnings right back then remember prohibition days you shouldn't be drinking you're going to lose your jobs, this isn't an upstanding thing. And then he said, you know they're sent to different bases he's going off to do things I didn't drink often because I wanted to get ahead, but every time I drank I wouldn't stop until everything was gone I didn't know how to say i'm going to quit now. No human power, right? I couldn't stop on my own human will. Every Sunday night I tried desperately, I couldn't stop. So then like him further down, all the tricks, right? All the tricks that we use, we change our environments. Well, that certainly didn't work for me. It's a long way to swim from London to Los Angeles. Didn't work, it didn't help me stay stopped. This is progressive, permanent and faithful. So he had a car accident. It was a hit and run. He still didn't stop. The accident was never mentioned in the newspaper and they were never found out, right? There goes the lying. Somebody was saying, do we need to be honest as soon as we start? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Part Step one is two parts. I'm powerless over food and my life has become unmanageable. We can see that, we can hear that a hit and run and we run away. Um, so then again, he stops for a little bit. He goes to mechanics school. They brought in a bottle of wine. At first I didn't participate, right? And I'm just imagining that the obsession starts. My mind has been hijacked. There is no God, there is no nothing. All I can see is that tub, that loaf, whatever it is that worked for me. But then one day, I decided, right, as we've heard, we read in the other chapters, suddenly I crossed a threshold. Fred didn't have a bad day in DC when he started drinking, did he? No, he didn't. He had a great day. He's a very successful accountant. He'd had a big meeting in Washington. He had an incredible life. He had fine children, a great wife. So he just thought he'd have a little treat. Can't find his wife at the airport and he's gone in a taxi for 24 hours. What can I say? And again, further down the page, I was filled with remorse, guilt, and fear because I didn't have a job, right? He gets fired, same way that Jim did, right? But he still went out to have a sandwich, look for prospects, and also cross the threshold. No defense, no defense, Janet spoke about that. So then he has, you know, and he's got all these children, by the way, along the way, and doesn't get to see them. But he still couldn't stay stopped. He has his own business and recovers his pride, he says. Who does that sound like, right? Bill Wilson. I won't jump. I stepped out of the hospital. This time I had more self-knowledge. Susan, you spent $2,000 at this diet place. This is it. You're in the 90210. You didn't go way up in the North Valley where it's scary. Oh no, this time it will really work. Nutrisystem wants to do a photo shoot with you. Fantastic. I left there and I ate and I never went back. I never went back. I had a God-sized hole in my heart and nothing changes it unless I seek that relationship. God could and would if he was sought each and every day. So here he is, he's getting sicker and sicker. His wife is now on welfare and he can't even help. can't help them anymore. So then, now we talked about the hit and run, right? We talked about the hit and run, they got away with that. A few years later, here's the progression, Bill kept going back into the hospital, right? We get sicker and sicker, never going to grow new legs, so I'm going to keep on jaywalking and I'm going to keep on ending up in the hospital and the doctors are baffled. Susan, why can't you stop? It's so simple, it's just food, right? I need more than that. I need an entire psychic change. So he gets back into the car, rested for driving, reduced to reckless driving with the help of a state police buddy of mine. We already know that all of the people in AA in the beginning, I forgot to ask Harlan this part, I've forgotten the name of whose dad was the judge, but he would send Roland, he would send Ebby, and they would say, these gentlemen will help you. I won't throw you in jail, go out and help somebody else. And that was when they were all in the Oxford group, right? So when Ebby went and knocked on Bill's door, even though he knew him, that's what he was doing. And that's how you know Bill started on his way, saved his life. He'd pulled his mattress down, right, a few days before, but God spoke to him through Ebby, who also told him he could create his own conception of God. So if you are struggling, Again, create your own conception, and that evolves over time. Um, So now he starts his first try at AA, and he says he couldn't get sober, and I couldn't get drunk. I was feeling scared, remorseful, guilty. That bitter morass of self-pity. Then two men came to his apartment. Take phone numbers down of people who are suffering. Call them, even if they're having a great day, call them. People who take chips and candles. Doesn't mean they don't make calls. Doesn't mean they don't have bad days. I just told you I had a crummy day at work this week. Crummy week, not even a day. It was a day at a time, right? So they kept coming, taking me to meetings. Now, it also tells me in working with others. If somebody isn't ready, I don't shut the door on you. I can be your friend. i can still invite you to coffee, have a relationship. but I'm not gonna pound this book in your face. You own it, the seed has been planted. Then of course, he feels like these two men are really, really bothering him, really, really bothering him. So he moves away again. So he gets drunk to get back at them. Okay, I used to eat at you. Did it affect your life? No, it didn't. Whose life did it affect mine? So he moves to California and he goes on and you can read more about it, about the cycle and basically the insanity. So again, this driving again, he was stopped because his truck was weaving. One year of probation, I didn't think I would make it, so I decided to move back home. So here is where God intervenes one more time. He spends three months in unemployment, which he, basically says he says which to me meant three months of partying right we always find a way we always find a way I always laugh when people sorry will just say I can't afford the birthday party we have angels who help you however need I remind us that when we need to binge we find the money we find the money we will do what it takes to get that needle in our arm I always did So now he says I look back on that now and I think was God good to me or what right all of these things that happen, and I was blaming God all this time for my troubles so he goes on and tells the story about how he gets sober. He doesn't really have a relationship with his children at this point, his daughters are married his sons are juniors in high school really read this story it's really quite lovely he's not included in family events It tells us in the family afterwards it takes a while it also tells us that the dark past is the greatest possession we have. Because again for identification talks about the DTS he's going to some AA meetings. Failed to enlarge my spiritual life. What happens to me? I drink again, it's back in treatment, stay sober for three more months, goes on a 10 day binge. This is continuous work, I was laid off. Then I really got down to do some serious drinking. All of our bottoms are different. And God bless, our family stand by us. One of his children now drive him to the program that he's going back into a residential treatment program and he has the hallucinations again. He's thinking he's in prison and people are trying to kill him. I mean, this is really, really bad. Here's the miracle, right? Here's God one more time on page 484. Three days later, he wakes up. They clean him up and he says, I felt great. I'd never felt so good, like I'd never had a drink. Finally engages, right? Goes to any lengths, goes to any lengths. I went to the treatment sessions and listened to everything that was said. I always urge people to put their cameras on. You know why? Because we're really engaged. I know when we're at home, it's really hard, but let's face it, if we were in a meeting together, would you really sit with your back to me and fold your washing? You wouldn't, right? I know people are running around today. This is not to be critical of anyone, but I know I'm engaged. When my camera goes off, I can tell you exactly what I'm doing. I'm running to the lure, I'm putting the kettle on again. That's exactly what I'm doing in a meeting. And I've been on Zoom since seven o'clock this morning. Ran into hair and makeup for 20 minutes, that was it. I don't like to miss a good party. I didn't even want to miss the fellowship part of my meeting after the party. But that's all because God has done for me what I could not do for myself. So he talks about, you know, he sees these men dressed in suits these days, looking good right? We're giving hope to others by brushing our hair, putting on a nice shirt, you know, whatever it is. The thought of drink has not entered my mind since. To me, sobriety is a gift from God to me. Listen for the invitation in all of these pages, in these rooms, right? Accept the hand. I put my hand in yours and together we can do what we can never do alone. So here's this gift and I love what he says here. If I drank, It would be giving the gift back. If you return a gift, the person takes it back, right? Here's an ominous warning. If God takes it back, I'm dead. So without meaning to sound too harsh, I know for a fact, I don't have one more bite left in me. I'm a girl who would blink and be 600 pounds on my couch. We've all heard the stories, Lewis and O'Ray they went to a hospital, you know, more than once to visit two men who died. Another person here used to talk about who was sponsored, who was a big time football player, relapsed. There was a fire in his apartment and he couldn't get out. The fireman couldn't get there in time. He died in the fire. This happens. People are dying of anorexia, bulimia, and morbid obesity all around us. God doesn't give up on me. I give up. I shut the door, right? So, okay, so he just ends this because I want to get to some other stories, a couple. It says, the belonging I always wanted I have found in AA and in sobriety. I don't think about drinking. God is there. My sponsor is there. I cannot do this alone. I try to sponsor. Janet talks about her seven years and her 51 sponsors. I was in and out for over 20 years. I'm sorry if I said I would call you, and I didn't. That's what I did. And that isn't who I am. But when I am drunk, that is who I am. All the credit belongs to God. On my own, I could not have quit. I know I tried it. So, another story, and this one actually made me laugh because when I Googled it without saying who wrote the story, I wrote Winner it Takes It All. And they wrote ABBA because <laughs> ABBA has a song. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, see, we're not a glum lot, right? So that really, really made me laugh. And this was written by a lady called Gay N. And one of the reasons I chose this one as well is because we all want to be that snowflake who doesn't melt, right? Legally blind, but no longer alone, right? She found a way to stay sober, raise a family, and turn her life over to the care of God. So again, we come from all different places. So she tells you all about the story in her life. Um, she has a younger brother who passed away, wasn't you know a good thing, then she was born you know she brought them a lot of joy but then you know she was blind there was a lot to do but she says here on 376 from the very beginning i felt different and unwanted she was born into a family with a lot of sadness and you know i had to make sense out of my life so i came to the conclusion that i was bad and god knew i was bad so god made me handicapped to punish me these are the stories that we tell ourselves her father becomes an alcoholic and was very, very angry. She goes to school, she learns braille, some teachers are supportive, some people aren't, and it just, she felt dumb. During her high school years, she discovers alcohol, and it says, and my problems were over. Now I was pretty and smart, and here it is, right? For the first time, I felt as if I fit in. It's the theme, right, of all of these stories. It's the behaviors and we're trying to find something to feel like everybody else. But here one more time, the progression. Several years later, alcohol had control over my life. She gets married, she gets divorced, she has children. One night she gets on her knees and she says, God change me or let me die. It was at this point in my life that I called Alcoholics Anonymous and asked for help they sent two ladies over to my house they sat with me and here again circumstances aren't the issue and it's pointed out here on page 377 i tell them that i drank because my marriage was bad and this is where with kindness and love you must be honest with each other we must otherwise we're just helping each other with dieting with group support If I just nod and go, oh yeah, maybe it's that, but again, here's the evidence. This woman is legally blind. She's managed to find her way to the God of her understanding. And the lady say to her, that is not why you drink. So then, because I've always got excuses, I drank because I was part German. The lady pats her hand and says, no, that's not why you drink. Then she tells them, because I'm legally blind. No, that's not why you drink. And we start to explain, right, that alcoholism is a disease. So they share their stories with me and tell me how alcohol has taken over their lives. Identification, why we keep coming back to meetings to help the still suffering, but to not forget where we have been. So she starts going to meetings and and she says her story sounds dull. The most interesting times I could think to tell was about the time my friends who were also drunk let me drive the car. I almost got us all killed, but what fun. God was really taking care of me and the other people on the road that night. Our stories don't have to be grandiose. There are people who come here at normal weights, but they have this chronic illness that centers in their mind. The truth is most of my drinking was done at home alone. So now here's the progression. Our hands are beginning to shake without the alcohol. We've heard that with Dr. Bob, how he couldn't get through certain things, their exams, Bill Wilson, he's set to start mixing sedatives. This progression is very, very serious. She's not sure now that she's belonging in AA. Then one night at an AA meeting, a friend said that even though he had been in jail and done lots and lots of stuff, he was no different from me. He felt the same things I felt. It was then that I knew I was not unique, that the people did understand the pain inside me. Here's God, right, one more time. I met a lady who had a handicapped child and we learned so much from each other. You may not know half the people on your screens today. Two years ago, I didn't know who Janet and Melissa were. I didn't know they existed. You know, right? Through the power of Zoom, I do, right? Make those phone calls, use those tools. They are the handrails. Yes, it's suggested to get a sponsor. Trust me, from self-sponsoring, it doesn't work. Suggested to buy the literature. I suggest you buy it. Make those phone calls make those phone calls, we will call you back. One important thing she learns is that handicapped is not a four letter word. I learned that I was not bad, that I was one of God's special children, that God had a plan for my life. The people of AA showed me how my past could and would become an asset. We just spoke about that, right? From the family afterwards, those middle chapters, that's how I practice those principles in all my affairs. Not just working with others, how do I sponsor and then go to a vision for you? How to be a member of a family, right? How to be in a relationship, how to be an employer or an employee. Those three chapters are how we practice those principles. Step 12 isn't just about having a spiritual awakening. There's more to that sentence, right? Like the same thing with step one, there's more than one part. So I got a sponsor and started working the steps. The promise of the big books started coming true for me. The feeling of uselessness and self-pity went away and I could see how my experiences could help others. Don't miss out on helping others. We all have the time. I think about how much time sneaking, stealing from grocery stores, all those things that I did. That takes up time. So, I'm just going to, oh, this, this is the part of the story that I just love. So now here she is blind, but she gets a job in a coffee shop. She's sober. She got it through the Commission for the Blind. This is so beautiful. And she got involved in a program for blind people. She has training and she gets moved to a city where she doesn't know anyone. She lives in an apartment about a mile from the coffee shop that she operates. She gets there at 6.30 in the morning carrying cash. And she says, I was afraid. Two people are working for her. Second day, one of them does not show up. Never run a business, right? A lady from a major food company comes in. Is it odd or is it God? God only knows how we got on the subject, but she was a member of AA. So when people say, it's anonymous, it's anonymous, don't say anything. It's anonymous at the level of press, radio, and film. We cannot be anonymous from each other if we are to help each other. doesn't mean I walk in everywhere and go, hi, I'm Susan, I used to be fat, I'm in AA, I found this solution, I don't do that. When I am needed to be helpful, God directs me. So again, yes, the traditions are written, but. Read them, how they're written, right? Because we must help each other if we are to survive as a fellowship and as an individual in here. And this woman becomes her new sponsor. Hello, is it odd or is it God? This is just an example of how God works in my life. No longer did I have to drink, but it was much more than that. Everything I needed was provided. One more time, God could and would if he was sought, right? I had a God of my understanding that helped me in every aspect of my life. In working the steps, my life changed. I think differently today, right? This is what we talked about earlier, had a rewiring. Not only she thinks differently, she feels different. I am new, it says we are reborn. At the AA meeting where she goes, it says, expect a miracle. Gives me the chills. My sobriety is full of miracles. When her son fills out an application for college, she did too, and she was accepted. This kind of stuff just makes me cry. She's gonna be a senior and have a 3.71 grade point average. Thanks to AA, I have come a long way from being near the bottom of my high school class. Takes a lot for her to read the material at this point. Um, so she has a special CCTV, and she puts her book under a camera, right? Age of Miracles. Just a talking calculator that helps her get through statistics and a telescope that can help her see the board. She learned to accept the things she could not change and change the things she could. So she says, however, I've already told you, she tells you about some of the miracles. However, there's one more I want to tell you about how I feel inside. And let's remember the AA 12 and 12 because it talks about this. I am no longer spiritually bankrupt. It is as if I have a magic source in my life that has provided me with all I need. I just celebrated my 12th year of sobriety a couple of months ago. When I first came into AA, I didn't know who I was. My sponsor said, this is beautiful, page 381. Great, if you don't know who you are, you can become whomever God wants you to be. If that doesn't give you the chills, I don't know what does. She's doing things today that she never dreamed of, peace and serenity that she feels inside that keeps her coming back. She's been through hard times, right? It doesn't say that we're going to walk on water Says that we have a solution how to deal with these things. Not how to stop eating, but how to find that power that we're lacking. And from when they ask that question, how am I to find this power? You know, everywhere there's a question mark in the big book, there's an answer. There's 10 pages that they give us of how you can find that power. That's how important it is. 10 pages. In working the 12 steps, my life. And my old way of thinking have changed. I have no control over some of the things that happen in my life. But with the help of God, I can now choose how I will respond. Today, I choose to be happy. And when I'm not, pick up the phone to another. We talked about the committee of three before. I have the tools of this program to put me back on track so i'm just going to very very quickly one of my favorite stories i don't know why it was one of the first ones i read was the keys of the kingdom and that was written by a lady in chicago called sylvia k and she just sounds like she had such a fun and fabulous life and if you know me you know i love to get dressed up still love to go night clubbing i love to dance i love all of those things and she talks about the post-war prohibition era of the roaring 20s. And once on Halloween, I had that costume. And I just think it's so glamorous and fabulous. And I think that's why I'm attracted to it. Um, You know, and here's somebody, she says she couldn't blame my dilemma on my childhood environment. She has loving parents, conscientious parents, every advantage in a well-ordered home. Again, right? We had one man toiling the fields at eight years old. We had one person who was blind. I had about six stories picked. I didn't know where I was going to go. And yet she starts to socially drink and she realizes she likes everything about it that affect. Drink did something for me or to me that was different from the way it affected others. And Herb K will tell you, I love Herb K. I kept on running, right? Running to find God in all the wrong places. In all the diet clinics, going to the this, going to the therapist, nothing wrong with therapy. I've had good therapy, page 133. And I'm not a therapist or a nutritionist. Our sponsors are not that. So please seek outside help on those things. But this was done to me, not by me, right? I had to be turned towards that sunlight of the spirit. And me, remember when you're little and some of you aren't old enough and you had those spinning tops that you did this and then it went around and around and around. Um, that's what I did. And there was a song, you spin me right round, baby, right round." <laughs> Lewis will know who wrote it. And that's what I did. It was a spinning top, always around. So she says here at 25, she develops an alcoholic problem, right? So I come here with a problem, I'm given a solution and I need even when I'm working the steps, you can read these stories, still go work the steps, right? To get to that point where it says it works, it really does. So just like me, she moves very, very far away. She moves away from Chicago because that new environment, right? That's gonna stop it. Everything that goes on here in Los Angeles is gonna stop it. But no, my drinking, her my eating, her drinking, the habits increase in spite of my struggle for control, right? Janet's talked about that when she talks about the broken bridge, right? And we tell, you know, all the methods that we've tried and when people tell us, well, I don't know, I'm just not quite sure if this is me. First of all, there's a pamphlet on oa.org as well. Answer the questions. But it tells us on page 31, we do not like to pronounce any individual as alcoholic, but you can quickly diagnose yourself. Step over to the nearest bar room, bakery, fast food restaurant, wherever you like to go and eat, and try some controlled eating or drinking. Not only try it, but try to stop abruptly. If you read the doctor's opinion and you're a girl like me, you go, wow, no wonder I couldn't stop. No wonder I couldn't stop. So I have to get rid of those things that I can't consume like a lady and they give me an allergy, right? It's the worst rush, it's the worst rash you have. And the only person who can remove that is God, the only person. So she goes to all of these doctors, which by the way, I did with my thyroid all the time, all the time. And I will just tell you, I only have a quarter of a thyroid because I have a cyst on it. So I had a good excuse to go and the cyst was removed many years ago and it works, but the struggle continues on. And she says it was beyond her control. She couldn't stop drinking. And she had this necessity, right? There's this mental twist. I really believed, she says, I felt such a sense of panic that I really believed I would die if I didn't get that drink inside, right? She's been hijacked by her thoughts. So it goes on and I know I have to stop in a couple of minutes, but here it says, certainly now anyone would have agreed that only a miracle could prevent my final breakdown at the bottom of page 270. But how does one get a prescription for a miracle? Become an active member of Overeaters Anonymous. That's how you find God, right? Take the hand of somebody, return those phone calls that your voicemail is so full that we can't leave you a message, right? So she goes on and she goes on, and then she finds this book. Luckily, her doctor actually had heard of the book and you know doctors then it says people like you i wouldn't have worked with right it's just so sad it's so sad um and we're promised recovery right but it's contingent if this if that right but again if i fail to enlarge my spiritual life doesn't mean i'm going to eat today but it's the unraveling of my behaviors one more time and always from what I see and what I hear it's prayer, meditation, swept over to the side. I'll do it later. If anything, I do it more. I do it more, right? On the days when I'm jiggy. Page 272. Alcohol was no respecter of sex or background, but the most of the alcoholics he had encountered had better than average minds and abilities. We love to say how smart we are in here. And in AA, they'd say, you go from Yale to jail. So what does that tell you, right? No respecter, need a leveling of pride. I always say, if I could have gotten arrested for driving my car and eating with my knees, I would have a few mug shots. Alcoholics seem to possess a a native acuteness and usually excelled in their fields, regardless of environment or educational advantages right? So it goes on and she talks about how painful it is. And the doctor talks about how painful it is to watch the disintegration of a sound mind and body. People like you are heartbreaking is what it says in the beginning of the book. People like you are heartbreaking. I don't know what you've done, but don't stop doing it, right? That's what Dr. Silkworth said. So here she is, she's finally realizing she has hope. Perhaps I could find freedom and peace and be able once again to call my soul my own. So she receives a call from a recovered alcoholic, right? What does recovered mean? It means on a daily basis, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm not fighting everything and everyone. From my family to the traffic, to it rained and my hair frizzed, right? Those bedevilments turn into the 10 step promises. And again, not many pages. Get to work, do the work. Our four steps aren't a gone with the wind saga. Get to it, do it, make the appointment, give it away. That's how we get well, not by resting on our laurels. I will eat again if I rest on my laurels. Not only will my bum get a lot bigger, but my head will too. And my heart won't be available to hear you. So she meets this gentleman and she's impressed with his graciousness and charm. We give love and hope here. Love and hope. As we hear often, people aren't getting sober because they aren't getting the right information. It's not about the right food plan. Get a food plan that works for you. That, if you're a girl like me, you you absolutely must have one to walk towards a normal body weight. But work that out with somebody else. With somebody else. You know, my shoes won't fit your feet, even if they're the same size. I have very high instep. Trust me, my shoes won't fit you. My left foot rolls out a bit, it stretches. You can never borrow my shoes. You gotta go get fitted and buy your own, right? But here, God lets me wear whatever size I need, right? One size fits all in God's world, right? There's no currency in the spiritual world. So you don't have to have anything other than a willingness to change, right? When people will call me and say, no, I don't want to, be, I can't do it, I can't do this, and I don't know what I believe. And my question to them is, do you believe that what you are doing right now is not working? Well, yes, of course, I wouldn't be calling you. Great, then you've made a beginning. You've made a beginning and that's all you need. Can you come to this meeting right now? Yes, right? And then we start trudging together. We start trudging together. Um, so she goes on and on and her life Gets going and she says, Hey, and this is important, right? We're not one and done. I'm not 10, 11, and 12, and that's all I do is step 12. And some people would say, and then you can follow the 13th step, which is all about dating, don't do it. And it talks about two stepping in the 12th step on um, AA 12 and 12, right? I'm powerless. I can definitely help you. I've admitted it, right? I can't do for you what hasn't been done for me, right? So I can't tell you how to do a step four if I've never ever done one, right? So I give away what I've graciously been given when the time is right. AA is not a plan for recovery that can be finished and done with. So Janet, Melissa and I all have stuff that we could have been doing today, right? I'm sure we did. I don't say no to being of service unless I am at work. And even then, in the last couple of years, I have been able to do a few things, right? I'm going to let's let's be honest. However, when I am at work, I am at work. And when my boss is here, he lives in another country, I'm on. As arrested alcoholics, we must have a program for living, right? This is a design for living that works. And they all talk about this in the stories. That allows for limitless expansion. That's what God does for us, broad and roomy. Right? You can just keep on growing. These walls keep on expanding in here. We're never gonna say to you, membership is closed for this year, I'm so sorry. Oh, you only have a dollar. I'm sorry, you can't come in today. You can come back on Fridays, that's the dollar day. No, just put your bum in the chair, turn on the screen and let's go. Would you like to read something? And even the shyest of the shy in here who have told me I don't want to read, I've gone great, you're going to. Right? Make a beginning, commence shoulder to shoulder. That's what we get to do. And I'm going to close with this. And I know if you've heard me speak before, I often do this because I really, really do love this. Page 276. And actually, I remember the first time I read this purposely on my 15th OA birthday. And, you know, again, 1982, first meeting. I have 22 and a half years. People who come here talk about from AA that the credits don't transfer. And my self-knowledge didn't transfer to anything from Yale to jail. I didn't go to Yale, got a lot of street smarts, I've got a lot of things. But I needed to find the God of my understanding in these rooms and I hear it each and every day through all of you and when I read this book. So I'm just gonna leave, leave you with this. The last 15 years of my life have been rich and meaningful. So again, listen to this. We don't walk on water. I've had my share of problems, heartaches, and disappointments because that is life, right? But when I'm walking hand in hand with God, I'm going to handle it very, very differently. But also I have known a great deal of joy and peace. That is the handmaiden, or hand gentleman, if you like, of an inner freedom. We're promised we can be free. I have a wealth of friends, look at this, all over the country and an unusual quality of fellowship, first through mutual pain and despair and later through mutual objectives and newfound faith and hope. I'm going to stop here and finish with one little story I wasn't going to, but God is directing me seriously to say this. And if you've been on meetings with me in the last three weeks you've heard this and it's it's a total miracle. I went to my first meeting because I met a girl who worked at Richard Simmons gyms, which were very big in the 80s, with my Jane Fonda leggings on, my headbands, all 250 pounds of me. And it was great to be in these gyms because they were big women. And unbeknownst to me, I was invited to go to an away 100 pounder meeting. And this lady's name was Stacy. I stopped going to the gym for whatever reason. I never saw her again, but I never forgot her name. You never forget the person who shared this with you. Over ten years ago I was speaking at a meeting in Beverly Hills, Serenity Sunday, and don't ask me why I said her name. One of the men in the rooms, Jack S, came over and he said, you know, Stacy still comes. And I went, Oh, she does, and said she doesn't live here. Fast forward, I have a sponsee who moved back here from back east. She always talks about her best friend Stacy, her best friend Stacy. Susan, Melissa, Janet, right? Not just one person called these names. I'm at a meeting in LA three weeks ago. My sponsor invited me to speak to, speak at, sorry. And I start talking and for some reason I start telling the story. And there's this man, Jack S in my Hollywood squares and I see him mouth, she's here. And my sponsor who would never text me while I'm speaking in the middle of something and it flashes up in the chat and she goes, she has here, she has a service position. And all of a sudden I'm thinking about my sponsee's friend and I'm like, this cannot be true. And I'm having chills as I tell you. And she was at that meeting. And at the end of my talk, and I don't know if they had stopped, pressed, if they had pressed end record, she wrote to me, Susan, this is Stacey, I am HIPAA. And that is completely God, right? God sent her to me all those years ago. Sorry. And I've meant to have met her over the last few months when she's come up from San Diego to see Arlene, and it just hasn't worked out. So be God's messenger because you don't know all of those years later it took me, right? But I never ever forgot her name, and I wouldn't have been here today. Sorry. If she hadn't extended her hand and her heart to me. So pick up the phone to others because you just don't know what you are doing, right? So I'm going to stop before it turns into ugly crap. And thank you so much for allowing me to be of service.
1: Wow, thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for extending your hand and heart to all of us here today so we can hear this beautiful message. Very, very inspiring. Just like to take a minute to thank Melissa And Janet also, Um, the three of you, I I know so much time went into this and it's really valuable. So thank you so much for giving us of yourself and your time today. I know you've touched many, many lives. Uh, Please come back to join us again at NJIOA. You can access all of our events through our website at njioa.org. We appreciate your love and support. At this time, we're going to be closing with the serenity prayer. If everybody would please unmute themselves and we'll say the serenity prayer together. And just to let you know that the recordings will be posted on that website I mentioned, njioa.org. And Susan, if you would please put your information in the chat for those people who would like to contact you with questions. Thank you everybody. And with that, we'll end with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Jen, if you can stop the recording for us. Thank you.